0: Good morning. Um, Kristen has given us a wonderful uh, introduction to Myron and Esther and their connection here to WCF, and I just wanted to extend that introduction a little bit more. Prior to coming to WCF to pastor and start this church, uh, Myron uh, was an accomplished evangelist at one point named by Time Magazine as one of the most active preachers of the gospel of his time in the nation. And from that, he went on to serve as a professor and eventually the youngest president at Eastern Mennonite University before coming to hear God's call and start the church here at Washington Community Fellowship on Capitol Hill. And from then, uh, Myron went on to continue to be the president of the Council of Christian Colleges and Universities, which is just around the corner here, and many of us here have connections too. And so uh, we are very grateful to have Myron here share God's Word with us. He has also authored more than 20 books as well. And so let's give Myron a warm welcome as he shares God's Word.
1: It's such a pleasure to come and be here this morning just in the atmosphere of this congregation and to see faces that we have known and loved and worked with and been enriched by. Our lives are the better because of our experience here. God in his grace touched us in so many ways. Our friend Rich Gathrow, who used to be involved here, is in Florida now and uh, he caught that we were to be here today and he wrote me a note. He said, I wish I could be there. And then he started ticking off things that he remembered that God did among us as a congregation and that all of our lives have been enriched by his special work. This morning, I want to think with you for a few minutes from this passage from Ephesians chapter 1 where the Apostle Paul is talking about what it means to be engaged not in religion but in Christ. What does that phrase, in Christ, mean to you? In Christ... If I think about it merely conceptually, that's not good enough. If I think of it merely credibly, that's not good enough. I must think relationally, what it means to be in Christ relationally, and in that relationship with him. When I affirm Jesus is Lord, I am saying he is my Lord. That means I am his servant. And that orders all of life differently. I remember 1981, Billy Graham was speaking at a meeting here in Washington. And uh, I was to have some part in the program that evening as well. And then it was up to him to introduce me and present me. And then he made this comment. He said, Myron is a pacifist, but he's one that preaches the gospel. (laughs) Years later, we were involved by his team down in North Carolina in a retreat and uh, there this issue of being a pacifist was being discussed. What does it mean to say we are not persons who are committed to self-defense and violence and so on? And I remember Billy's statement that he was not a pacifist, but he had become a nuclear pacifist. Ah, he said I just came back from Russia there's no way that we can talk about nuking the Russians and think we do that in the spirit of Jesus. Well, this is the kind of interaction that I've enjoyed through the years. Interaction with difference of views and difference of opinion. I have come to believe that what we call a multi-denominational church here is one of the most important things for the future of the evangelical Christian church. Multi-denominational. That's to say no one group has it all. But in the Variety, the enrichment, we challenge and enrich one another. That doesn't mean you water down your convictions, but it does mean you are open to say, I I don't believe I've mastered everything in the things of Christ. And I want to hear from my brother, my sister, what they have found in him. I learned some things from Esther, and she learned some things from me. And we are both the better because we enrich one another's life in our walk with Christ. That's not only true in art, in which I didn't have this, but I've been enriched by her. It's true in so many other areas. In life, we are the better because of our walk with him. Years ago, a man by the name of Socrates, you have heard this name of the great philosopher. Socrates said, how is it that men know what is good and what is bad? but they keep on doing what is bad. How is it that we know up here, but we don't put it into practice? That's what Socrates is talking about. Uh, He's not the answer for us. It's found in the New Testament. It's found in Jesus. And it's found in the work of the Holy Spirit. For he is here at work to change our lives and to guide us in the will of Christ. So our text this morning talks about being in Christ in Christ. To be in Christ means my conscience, my thinking, my ideals are shaped by Jesus. That is, conscience, well, it's important. It's in all of us. A conscience that reminds us that there is a truth or an ultimate good that we have to answer to. But conscience has to be conditioned, has to be educated by the Word of God. Conscience is to be in enlightened by the scripture. Just because I have different convictions than you on some point doesn't mean that we excuse one another. Say, go your way, that's all right. But it means that I must take what you've said seriously. And I must ask the questions, is this what God is asking or is that just a part of your tradition? Even if it's in your tradition, I have to ask why and how it got there. So you and I need to open ourselves to the question of what is really the truth as it is in Jesus. Now do I come to know that truth? We came to Washington to plant a church here and we were thinking especially of an interracial dimension. We achieved some of that. Years later we are back at Harrisonburg, Virginia. And then I discovered something that I hadn't been aware of when we came here. Out there at Dayton, Virginia, not far from Harrisonburg, There's a lake called Silver Lake, and there's a mill at the edge of that lake. And I learned that my great-granddad, Bowman, once owned that mill. But then I learned something else about him. Remember this was in 1870, 80, in there? He used to go and buy slaves and set them free. He went to an auction once and bought a slave for $1,500 dollars. Today that would be 15,000. He set him free. The neighbor said, you're crazy. You're wasting your money. The slave was gone for a while and he came back. He said, Mr. Bowman, the world is so difficult out there. Can I work for you? There's something about building bridges across the lines, across the barriers that humans have created or constructed to which we are called as disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, back to the text for a bit. It seems to me that the first thing that strikes me is that conscience is conditioned by this new insight of what is the way and the will of Christ. The second thing that strikes me is that religion is expressed not primarily in conceptual form but in behavior. And in that behavior I would say especially in relationship, relationship to others. What it means for me to affirm another. To accept another and to let the other person know I regard them highly as persons made in the image of God with whom we are called to share. Then I find in the text this emphasis on faith and faith is not simply response to ideas. Faith is this relational dimension in which my faith says I will identify and I will walk in this way years ago, 1981, Carl F.H. Henry, great evangelical leader, was speaking at a convention here in Washington. He called me up to introduce me for my part, and then he said, now this man has an emphasis that we have long lacked, an emphasis on discipleship and obedience to the Word. I remember very well his comments, that in that emphasis on discipleship, he said the evangelical church has needed to change because we were afraid that if we talked about discipleship, we'd be talking about works righteousness. And we didn't understand that discipleship was primarily obedience to or identification with Jesus Christ. He came to the conclusion that I had held for many years. And that is, you can't call Jesus Lord and then go your own way. And too many people want a salvation that is simply an inner feeling of acceptance in the grace of God without realizing that salvation is relationship restored. An identification with Jesus that says he is my Lord and I will walk with him today. Pardon my repeating that, but I find it very important for us to recognize this and to follow it out in our lives and our practice. I think that uh, one of the things in my own history that has touched me is a statement I borrow from a fellow by the name of Menno. This is my only joy and heart's desire, to extend the kingdom of God, to reveal the truth, to reprove sin to teach righteousness, to feed hungry souls with the word of God, to lead the straying sheep into the right path and gain many souls to the Lord through his spirit, power, and grace. So I would carry on in my weakness as he has taught me, for he has purchased me a miserable sinner with his crimson blood and has given me this mind by the gospel of grace, namely, Jesus Christ. When I read that word in one of his little journal writings, I said, Amen, that's where I want to stand, and I want to know this more fully in my own life. I got a note some time ago that was refreshing to me, and then some time later, our second son, Michael, passed on to the other world. But Michael had sent me this little note, and it was one that I found, found very meaning. It is not the whole book, but only one chapter. And this is not the end for me. It is only the end of a chapter. Now, I know he has found that to be true. But he has found it true for me in a special way. Since Michael is going on to glory, and I read that statement from him, this is not the end of the book. Just the end of a chapter. I wonder this morning how you and I think of life. And when we think of our lives, what is it but the end of a chapter? Now somebody reminded me this morning that I'm not as young as I was when I came here as a pastor. That's true. I had my 90th birthday last week. And 90 years, I've pondered what all that means. Sounds like a long time to you, doesn't it? It used to sound like it to me. (laughs) Not that long at all. But what do we mean when we talk about those years of our lives and the way they move along? You look at each one with a special attitude of openness to God. And I'll tell you what our prayer is these days as Esther and I face these later years in our lives. My prayer is, Lord, show me how to serve you at this stage of my life. I'm not fifty anymore, I can't do the things I did then, or I'm not asked to do them. I'm ninety now, but what does that mean? To walk with God in life and to say to your fellows, I have found life meaningful because I walk with Jesus. To say that walking with Jesus is not simply a matter that I need selfishly to have assurance of salvation. But it's a matter that I I want to share his work and his emphasis with anybody and everybody that I can. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Over at Harrisonburg, I've become a member of the Rotary Club. That's quite a cross-section in society. The interesting thing to me is that after these years of sharing with the Rotary, I have found that I have a certain image there. And that image means that the other week, they called on me to lead in prayer. They do that frequently, but this was a a special occasion of a problem in Harrisonburg. And that problem was such that they said, Myron, somebody got to pray about this. You're the man. So I got up and led in prayer. Later, I wondered whether I had really engaged them as I should have in that prayer. For leading in prayer is not something you do in an isolated way. But it's somehow to catch another up or others up in that same petition. That this is what we together are asking of God. And so this morning I would simply come to you to say that we need to join hands in praying together for God's work in the church. What did I, would I say is a major need in the church? A revival? a renewal of spirit, to move us beyond mere form to the reality of relationship. I am bothered by the tendency we have in the church to simply structure it by our own preferences and by our doctrinal analysis rather than to recognize that doctrine is only a way of interpreting. The religious exercise is a pointer And that what I mean by my own sharing in faith must be simply a stimulus to others to take that seriously and to say, I want to know Jesus better in my own life. May I conclude by simply going back for a moment to something that I recall years ago down in Florida. We used to have communion service and then we would have a foot washing service that followed the communion and we used to do that here sometimes, wash one another's feet. I never forget the evening that we were having this service and I was up front and my black brother Cunningham was sitting way back in the back and we came to the foot washing and I stood up and looked back there and I motioned for him to come up and he came walking slowly up front and then I asked him to sit down there and I took the towel and I kneeled down and I washed his feet in the basin and then I wiped them. And then I stood up and said, it's your turn. And so he knelt down and he washed my feet and we embraced and kissed each other. Through the years we've gone back to Florida and met him again and again. Now he's gone on to glory. But I'll never forget how often When I would go back and meet him, he would say, Myron, you can't realize what it meant to me as a black man to have you, a white man, kneel down and wash my feet. Well, that's the way it should be, right? We are one another's brothers and sisters, and we are here to encourage one another in the things of Christ. In conclusion, let me say how much Esther and I thank God for all the ways your lives and the lives in this congregation have enriched ours. And we pray for the pastor and a wonderful future for WCF, for the glory of God and the enrichment of many. May the Lord use you to touch other people of the community as a call to come and walk with Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for your wonderful, marvelous grace for the joy of knowing you accept us in Christ, for the privilege of being brothers and sisters in this new community to which you've called us. In Jesus' name, amen.